It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Statecraft can present conclusively PH legal claim in the South China Sea. First word. In the middle of the brouhaha over the water cannoning incident, the Chinese foreign minister blithely suggested that our government should meet China halfway to defuse tensions. This would be okay, a friend has suggested, if China has stopped coveting what President Rodrigo Duterte did not surrender in his kowtow to Beijing during his watch. The better reply is to say firmly and seriously. The time has clearly come to separate the brass tacks from baloney in the South China Sea dispute. We have to return the argument to the heart of the matter. This is about China refusing to observe the rules and norms of the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea, UNCLO, which it helped to negotiate and had ratified with 168 other states. This concerns China's decision to write its own law of the sea and confer on itself special advantages. This is about China seeking to take away from the Filipino Republic a reef and a shoal, mischief reef and Eungan shoal, which clearly lie within our republic's exclusive economic zone, EEZ, under UNCLO rules and entitlements. This is not about the cheap thrill craved by some of being able to call Noman's water the West Philippine Sea. This is not about whether we should be intimidated by the saber-rattling of the Chinese Communist Party. This is about the real facts in the South China Sea situation and the real basis for each claimant nation's claim in the waterway. The Philippines' claim and those of other ASEAN states to their eases are clearly spelled out in the UNCLO. China has its own ease, but it is located far away from the South China Sea. Yet China, led by its paramount leader Xi Jinping, claims the entire expanse of the waterway. All the oil and gas, every fish and every mineral that can be mined from the sea belongs to China under this claim. But this is not solely about China's alleged historic rights. This is finally about maritime law and international law. UNCLO, which China helped to negotiate on being finally admitted into the United Nations, a treaty which it signed and ratified, but which it now disowns. Unalterably international waters. The South China Sea is unalterably international waters. It belongs to the whole world and all humanity. All countries and their vessels have the right of passage and freedom of navigation in the waterway, according to UNCLO rules. This and our nation's legal claim to part of the South China Sea is why we are standing our ground in the disputes over the waterway. Some vital facts about the waterway need to be understood by all. The South China Sea encompasses several hundred small islands, reefs and atolls, almost all uninhabited and uninhabitable, within a 1.4 million square mile area. Two island groups, the Spratleys and Paracels, have been the primary focus of the disputes for decades due to their significance to the coastal countries surrounding them. First, the region is rich in oil and natural gas reserves, but accurate estimates are difficult to find. According to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, EIA, the area contains 11 billion barrels of untapped oil and 190 to 500 trillion cubic feet of natural gas, AIA, 2013, while the Ministry of Geological Resources and Mining of the People's Republic of China has estimated that the number of barrels may be as high as 130 billion, Kaplan 2015. Second, the area is a major shipping and trading route. It is one of the busiest shipping lanes in the world with an annual trade of $5.3 trillion passing through the region, CFR 2017. This number represents half of the world's annual merchant fleet tonnage and a third of all maritime traffic globally, Kaplan 2015. Additionally, 
the oil transported through the South China Sea coming from the Indian Ocean is three times greater than the amount that transits the Suez Canal and 15 times more than what goes through the Panama Canal. The primary driver for this has been the increase in China's oil consumption, as well as a large part of South Korea, Japan and Taiwan's energy supplies coming through the region. Hence, control of the area is of extreme importance. This aspect of the region is one of the major causes for the contention regarding the islands, since many of them lie in the eases of Vietnam, Malaysia and the Philippines. Thus, it is not surprising that these coastal states, along with China, Brunei and the Republic of China and Taiwan, are pushing forward with their own territorial claims in the area. Each wants to secure its own national interest in asserting their rights to exclusive exploitation of the resources of the region through the utilization of international law and other mechanisms to assure those are protected and exercised. Furthermore, the South China Sea has some of the world's richest reef systems, with more than 3,000 indigenous and migratory fish species. It also constitutes more than 12% of worldwide fishing, Greer 2016. Thus, the region offers abundant fishing opportunities, and whoever has control over its waters will have the potential to support and further develop its fishery sector. The need for statecraft. The Philippines has done its part to bring sanity and reason to the disputes by bringing the extravagant and unfounded claims of China to the permanent court of arbitration in The Hague for adjudication. The result of this legal proceedings was the historic arbitral ruling on July 12, 2016, by which China's claims of historic rights and privileges were ruled as invalid and unsubstantiated. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. All the Philippine claims in its court action were affirmed. I believe it's time for President Xi Jinping and President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. to bring the South China Sea disputes to the United Nations. It's time for the claimant nations to argue the case for their respective republics in the waterway before the United Nations General Assembly. This September will be an opportune time for the family of nations to listen and study this long-festering and dangerous dispute in the South China Sea. It is time for the world to see and study firsthand the infamous 9-line map of China that ignited the dispute, and place it side by side with the ruling of the arbitral tribunal at The Hague. Statecraft is the key to bring to a resolution the disputes in the South China Sea. China will no doubt oppose such a public unveiling of the facts about the South China Sea disputes. Three books on statecraft. There are three notable books on the concept and practice of statecraft in international relations that should properly be the subject of intensive study by Filipino policymakers and military officers who are steering the ship of state in the South China Sea dispute. The books, published after 1995 and in this century, carry the term statecraft in their titles, so they are serious and clear-sighted about the policies and strategies that they advocate for the resolution of diplomatic problems between states. 1. Statecraft, Strategies for a Changing World by Margaret Thatcher, HarperCollins Publishers, London, 2002.
2. Statecraft and How to Restore America's Standing in the World by Dennis Ross, Farrar, Strauss, and Giroux, New York, 2008. 3. Force and Statecraft, Diplomatic Problems of Our Time by Gordon A. Craig and Alexander L. George, Oxford University Press, Oxford, 1995. The authors uniformly address the weight of so much history laid on the tasks and goals of contemporary leaders and statesmen by the epochal changes that have taken place in the world since 1989. This includes the end of the Cold War, the collapse of communism in Eastern Europe and the dissolution of the Soviet Union, the revolutionary impact of the new digital technologies on communications and transportation and culture, the unprecedented rise of globalization and the emergence of China as a new economic colossus. They discuss the abiding quest by the international community today for a new world order, and new rules and practices to govern international life. Collectively, they see a new burden and new challenges arising from differences and rival claims of states to territory and privilege. It is in this light that the disputes over rights in the South China Sea assume prominence and preeminence. What is statecraft? Margaret Thatcher, Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, 1979-1990, observed a close relationship between statecraft and statesmanship. She wrote, statecraft and statesmanship, according to the dictionary definition, are interchangeable, but the former has a more practical ring to it, emphasizing activity rather than rhetoric, strategy not just diplomacy. All too often, statesmanship turns out simply to be a political action of which we politicians approve, frequently our own. More seriously, she says the 21st century has its own distinctive features that govern the nature of statecraft now. Mrs. Thatcher rejected the idea of one academic about the end of history. She said pointedly, states retain their fundamental importance, first because they alone set legal frameworks. We need states and always will. Foreign and security policy concerns much more than the two opposing poles of war and peace. It concerns the whole range of risks and opportunities which the farsighted statesman must appreciate and evaluate in the conduct of his craft. In his book, veteran U.S. peace negotiator Dennis Price provides a working definition of statecraft. He wrote, it is the use of the assets or the resources and tools, economic, military, intelligence, media, that a state has to pursue its interests and to affect the behavior of others, whether friendly or hostile. It involves making sound assessments and understanding where and what issues the state is being challenged and can counter a threat or create a potential opportunity or take advantage of one. Statecraft requires good judgment in the definition of one's interests and recognition of how to exercise hard military or soft economic power to provide security and promote the well-being of one's citizens. It is as old as conflict between communities, and the desire to avoid or prevent it. Gordon Craig and Alexander George, Force and Statecraft, believe that China can be classed as an outlaw state and Xi as a rogue leader for transgressing the norms and practices under the UNCLO. They identify three strategies for dealing with an outlaw state. Military action, coercive pressure and or covert action to replace an outlaw regime with a more acceptable government. Long-range containment, which if pursued fervently, as in the dissolution of the Soviet Union, might help in bringing about changes toward acceptance of the international system. A strategy of rewards and punishment designed to bring about fundamental changes in behavior and attitudes of the outlaw regime. Yenobserver at gmail.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.